that God's given me the word power to speak on this morning. Um, it's come up through various things. I was reading an article about power. Um, various people have talked to me about power. Um, so I just felt that that was what I needed to share the next time I had the opportunity to speak, which was due to be the end of this month, and then Simon moved it to this morning because he's away. And I felt that was another confirmation that it was that word that needed to be spoken, particularly as we've only had Pentecost last Sunday. And first of all, I was just wondering, what is Pentecost? Pentecost is a Greek name, apparently, for the festival that the Jews celebrated as the Feast of Harvest, or the Feast of Weeks. It was given the name Pentecost by the Greeks because the celebration took place 50 days after the Jews put the sickle to the standing corn, according to Deuteronomy 16. And pente means 50. There are two harvests in the Jewish calendar. One's at the beginning of the year, so around this time, May, June, and the other one's at the end. And the Feast of Harvest at this time was to celebrate the first harvest. The Feast of Ingathering was the celebration at the end of the year for the second harvest. Jewish Feast of Harvest was a pilgrimage. So it meant that according to Jewish law, all the adult Jewish men would come from wherever they were and go into Jerusalem to celebrate, to be personally in attendance during the celebration. So it was a holiday period and no work was done. Everything was shut up. It was a day to celebrate. And the offerings that they brought at that time to the temple were to be burnt offerings. So what has harvest got to do with the coming of the Holy Spirit, you may ask? Well, last Tuesday night in the prayer meeting, Fran read the passage from Luke 10. And that says, and actually um, Anna prayed it this morning as well, it says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. God used that feast of harvest, that Pentecost, to send out workers into the harvest field. In Acts 2, the Pentecost celebration is where we remember the coming of the Holy Spirit on the first followers of Jesus, empowering them to be witnesses. And I just want to read this morning, I don't know whether you've got your Bibles with you, from Acts 2, just the first 13 verses. Acts 2. allow people to find that. When the day of Pentecost came, 
they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues or languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, Are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Here, when Pentecost happened at that time, the fire of God in the form of the Holy Spirit came down. This fire didn't consume them like the burnt offering would have been consumed. It infilled them to give them power to do the work that Jesus had commissioned them to do. 3,000 people were harvested and became followers of Jesus. The Holy Spirit gave them that power. And just like those first followers of Jesus, we don't have the power to change our lives. We can go to seminars and conferences looking for a painless cure by which our lives can be zapped and changed. We can go on diets. We can join health clubs. And our enthusiasm runs strong for about two weeks and then we fall back into the same old rut. We don't change. We can read self-help books, and there's plenty of those about today. But the problem with self-help books is that they tell us what to do, but they can't give us the power to do it. We're told things like, get rid of your bad habits, be positive, don't be negative. But how do we do this? Where do we get the power to change? Only God can provide us with the power to change whatever we need or we want to change in our lives. In Acts 1 verse 8 it said, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Apparently the word power appears 57 times in the New Testament. 
It's used to describe the most powerful event that ever happened, the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, what we've celebrated this morning. And that resurrection power is available to change our lives today. The most important thing in life is knowing Christ and experiencing the power of his resurrection. Paul writes in Philippians 3, verse 10, I want to know Christ, to know the power of his resurrection. I wonder, is that our prayer for, to, for us today? Do we want to know the power of his resurrection? And again, Paul writes in Ephesians 1, verses 18 to 20, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Some more Greek. The Greek word for power is dunamis or dunamis. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce it. but And it can be translated into the English language in two ways. One way is what in English we would say dynamite which is an explosive force. I'm sure we all know what dynamite can be used for. The other way, dynamis can be translated into English as dynamo. And that's a constant flow of power. A dynamo is an electric generator and it converts mechanical energy into electricity. And then the electricity can be transmitted, distributed through the grid, to houses, factories, anywhere that is needed. And generators or dynamos also produce the electric power required for cars, aircraft, ships and trains. So with Christ living in us, we have access to both sorts of dynamis. The dynamite, the explosive power, and the dynamo, a constant flow of power. It's only through Christ that the chains that bind us can be broken and the limits that constrain us can, can be overcome and the Holy Spirit's power within us can enable us to walk victoriously every day. Whilst we were away on holiday recently, we suddenly lost all power in the cottage we were staying in one evening. Thanks to the help of Chris, we got some things sorted. We had to find the source of the problem to get the power flowing through the system again. So it was a good reminder that things only work when the power's there. They only work to the best when the power's there. And on another day, I was supposed to be boiling the kettle, but I'd forgotten to switch it on. And I was standing there wondering why it wasn't working. Switched it on, and when it still didn't work, I was thinking, what's going on? I hadn't switched the switch on on the kettle itself. We needed the dynamo 
We needed the constant flow of power for things to work. And the same applies in our own lives. Ephesians 3, 14 to 21 says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, may, you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is work, at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Did you notice the word power is mentioned three times in this passage? Paul, first of all, prays that the Ephesians would receive strength by God's power through his spirit in their inner being. He then prays that they would have God's power to recognize how wide and long and high and deep the love of Christ is. And the final passage says that God can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine because of his power within us. Through the Spirit's power in our lives, we can be strengthened to live our daily lives. How we need this. But the, the Spirit's power also helps us to recognise the depth of the love of Christ for us. We cannot understand God or believe in him without his Holy Spirit within us. I hadn't spotted that in that passage before. Romans 8 verse 16 says the spirit testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. The spirit's power also enables us to do more than we could ever do in our own strength. Jesus had the power of the Holy Spirit given to him when he was baptised in the Jordan. And that same spirit then led him into the desert to be tempted by Satan. Having gone through that temptation period, Luke 4 verse 14 says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit. And then he went and preached in the synagogue, preaching the famous uh, verses that were, uh, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And he'd come to release captives, etc. If Jesus needed the Spirit's power to enable him to overcome temptation and to do the work the Father had sent him to do, then how much more do we need that same power in our lives? In Luke 9 verse 1, it says that Jesus gave the disciples power and authority to drive out demons and to cure diseases 
And then he sent them to preach about the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. We too can't go out in Jesus' name without the power of the Spirit enabling us to do the same works and greater works, the, the Bible says, to drive out demons and to heal the sick. And in Luke 24, verse 19, Jesus tells the disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they have been clothed with power from on high. And as we saw earlier, Pentecost is the celebration of that outpouring of God's Spirit on the disciples, giving them the power to be witnesses and bringing about the birth of the church. God's Spirit isn't just given to do the miraculous acts of driving out demons, healing the sick, etc. But it's also given, the Holy Spirit is also given to us to help us in our daily living. What do you need power in your life for today? Galatians 5, 22 and 23 said, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. Do you need any of that fruit in your life? The Spirit's power within us can enable us to grow all this fruit in our lives. Do you need power because you seem to be in a hopeless situation? Romans 15 verse 13 May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do you need power to share Jesus with your friends or family or your neighbours? 1 Corinthians 2 verse 4, it's Paul writing and he's one of the greatest preachers. And he said, my message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. And 2 Corinthians 4 verse 7, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God, not from us. We can only do it with God's power. It's God power within us that enables us to speak to others about him. The Bible says that all things are possible with him, with God. Do you feel that you're living in a battle with all the problems in your life? Is something stopping you from moving on in Christ and you need power to be able to do that? 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you need power because you're finding it hard to cope with all that life is throwing at you? 
famous verse in 2 Corinthians 12 verse 9, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. It's all about him. Do you need power because you feel weak and unable to do what uh, you want to do for God? 2 Corinthians 13 verse 4 For to be sure he, Jesus, was crucified in weakness, yet he lives by God's power. Likewise, we are weak in him, yet by God's power we will live with him to serve you. The crucifixion of Jesus looked like it put him in a weak position. How could that show any power? But it was actually revealing God's mighty power. And that power is available for us. Ephesians 6 verse 10, Finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And 2 Timothy 1 verse 7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love and of self-discipline. And finally, 2 Peter 1 verse 3, His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. His power has been given to us for everything. How do we get this power to enable us to live our lives as we should? All we need to do is to ask. We sang this morning that God is the way maker. He keeps his promises. In Luke 11 verses 9 to 13, it says, so I, ask, so I say to you, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds. And to him who knocks the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? This morning is an opportunity for us to ask God for his Holy Spirit to infill us, to give us the power to live our lives for him. Maybe you'd like to ask God to fill you with his Holy Spirit today because you need his power in your life. Maybe you've been filled previously with the Spirit but you need a fresh infilling we all leak and we need to be refilled. I've got a song that I want to play, if it'll work. 
And as uh, it's playing, we haven't got any words, it's just for you to listen to the song and listen to the words. Um, it's about God giving his Holy Spirit. And um, if we just want to close our eyes as it plays and maybe you want to open your hands to the Lord, it's up to you, what you how you feel that you want to come to him. And just ask him this morning for what you need from him, what you need power for. Ask him for his spirit to move upon you, maybe for the first time or again, because his spirit is still moving today.